This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. What's up, all you brilliant people out there who are listening to this podcast? Welcome back. Welcome to the show. Welcome to your favorite podcast of the week, Private Parties. Private Parties? Yeah, it's Private Parties. That's what you like to go to, isn't it? Private Parties. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. Private Sex Parties. Oh, yeah, I was telling my friend the other day who goes to these sex parties. What, to inquire? And he's also also famous. Oh. He's famous. Spill the beans. He's famous. I'm not going to say who it is. Spill the beans. I'm not going to spill who it is. Must be quite, you know, being famous going to a sex party. And he he said he was having sex with his um with a friend of his. He took he went with a friend. Yeah. And then he suddenly realised that everyone was standing around and watching, and they noticed who he was, and it was all pretty weird. Did they start applauding. They didn't start clapping, but he Love su- your work. he suddenly got complete paranoia. He suddenly realised what he was doing, and he was like, "Oh my god, this is all really intense." But these sex parties, That's why you got people wear, are having wear sex. A mask. Yeah, but he didn't. He wore a mask. Dresses like a badger or something. Yeah, but he wore. It's like it's like. It's like with Superman. I don't understand with Superman. Clark Kent can just put on glasses and they go, well, that's not Superman. It's like, that is mental. That always really wound me up as a It's kid. like, well, of course that's Superman. Look yeah, at yeah, him. Yeah. How do you not realise? How do you not realise? Like three seconds later, suddenly Clark emerges with a pair of glasses. You're like, hang on a second. And then, and then so my friend wore a mask, but it, it was a mask that just covered like the top of his I face. Think, I think he kind of wanted to be. It's like, I, I can you... tell who that is. I guess like if you're good looking, you don't want to cover your face up too much because then you might worry that you're not going to get the attention that you want. In well, the, he he didn't he didn't go around with anyone else. He just did it with Shakespeare. Party. I oh, see. He was sort of doing exhibitions. Yeah, he he liked the sort of voyeurness of it. The voyeurness. The voyeurness. He like I think Voy- he did, voyeur, voyeurism. I think he enjoyed the fact that people were watching him and this girl have sex. That's full on. Well, you know, in this modern day and age, we've got to do things to get our socks off or rocks off, rocks off. Speaking of which, we have a wonderful guest on the podcast today, Jolian Rubenstein. Jolian is a uh, producer, creator, political voice, um, social media, presenter, radio host. Viral sensation. uh, Viral sensation. He is a very, he's very political. He has a lot of his views. And we thought it'd be interesting. He has a lot of his views. A lot of his views. He has a lot of strong views. We thought it'd be interesting to get someone like this on the podcast, especially with the political climate at the moment. Mm. Cost of living is going up. We got the Ukraine war going on. We have government which is, you know, supposedly lying to us all the time. We don't really know what's going on. We have a new prime minister. 
So in order to really understand the chaos, we got Jolion on to try and help us navigate our way through this. Yeah. You know, whether or not you agree with his views, it's interesting to listen to. It was a really fun, amazing podcast. I am pretty much ready for it. Mm. Are you ready for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's stop let's, rambling. Come on, plug us in. Plug us into some political wisdom. Here we go. Jolion Rubenstein on the podcast. Hello, I'm Jolian Rubenstein and welcome to the White Privilege, sorry, private, <laughs> private parts podcast. Uh, and I'm here, you know, to talk about things that are political, not so political. My shirt, Jamie's shorts. There we go. His gym routine. <laughs> Jolian, welcome to the podcast. It's quite intense to do that, isn't it? I mean, like you said, it is Tuesday morning. If someone was... It's not what you're expecting on a Tuesday. Okay, no. but here we go. Imagine if your boss walked in and he's like, right, down that camera, 30 seconds. He, he loves one. that well, shit, how, though. He how, does. Yeah. And how have you just put me as your boss? That that's... Well, I feel like you're like the host, aren't you? So technically yeah. you are like the boss of the pod. That's yeah. true. Or Pod boss. Or you'd flip it around where you'd say you're the boss because we, we dictate okay. what you're you the, do. You're the captain. Right, shit, okay. Yeah. That's a dangerous thing to say to me, guys. Yeah, but I feel like in podcasting, especially sort of the way that some podcasts work it's because it's like an amble like it's a rambling chat jamie knows about this because he's got three yeah yeah, yeah. So many. you could just add bod you like, have about boss, three boss pod you have about three you get you yeah get... but that wasn't like that was when one died <laughs> <laughs> that was when you had to like one went to the old you know, podcast that was that desperation yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 also yeah. what i love about some podcasts when they just die no one it's never referenced they just <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. you don't go this is our last episode it just they just stop that's it. Yeah. They just you stop. know what? We did actually on the Spotify one. Yeah, we, we did, did one. That. that was a good one. I like that. Yeah, that was really fun. Really fun. Has that yeah, died? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Spotify had more money than sense, didn't they? <laughs> so they said, look, we don't want to, we don't need to pay for people. I've got to say, you know, if you're going to do a podcast, kids out there, make it evergreen. <laughs> a weekly podcast, often not the best idea. It's the hard. Guardian can do it. Yeah, the New yeah. York Times can do that. Private parts can do it. Hey, private parts. Guess what? We're, you we're don't, two hey, a week, you're evergreen. We? Two a week, yeah. two you're a week. still relatively evergreen. Yeah, that's discuss, true. You discuss current issues. We, we but you want to? You could just go back whenever you want. And also, podcasting, which I worked at, is you have to offer something. Yeah, podcasting's offer. weird, isn't it? Yeah, I think you have to offer because I think what happens is that you can't just sit there. And you you have to. You, you offer. sort of do have to offer something, but also not. You can't be too forced because people like the kind of laid back, yeah. kind of discussion. Over but this, it. this, I love how we like talking about it being laid back as we've got like microphones and bar, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. in our mouths, like <laughs> microphones being <laughs> inserted. All sweating. Do you know who I'm? Like, was I need to go to the bathroom. I'm going to go to the bathroom before this. Yeah, is I was like, well, I just jumped off the tube. It's like anyone knows about sweaty Victoria line. That's actually a tube line, by the way, Jamie. Was it? That's what a tube is that line is the called. It's called sweaty. Are those the trains that go? It's. I know. You, you don't get taught about them in your school. Like no, they are they are real. They're real things. There's like trains underground. Under it's always perplexed you. Those people emerging from underground. What do you what do you feel about people, especially stand ups, who do um, who are quite heavy, heavy on their ideas and their political ideas yeah. and their things like like? Okay, what do you think about Gervais? Uh, I've got, I've got. Um, love this, love this, love this on a Tuesday. Not, the thing is, I think Ricky Gervais is. There's, there's, there's no way in denying the huge impact mm. he had on 
you know, I mean, the comedy, is, right? I mean, he, I always say this: insane. His his '90s comedy, the way he played David Brent, stood like it was like a decade of how people did comedy. Totally, all, all that like. Oh, it, I never think Stephen Merchant gets enough credit. Yeah. Personally, Stephen Merchant's great. He's Love an it. absolute don. Um, I'm not like Gervais isn't really like what I'm going in for. Do you know what I mean? Like if I'm going to watch stand up, but I mean you can't ignore the man. I mean he's a he, genius. He was hilarious, but I do find after it gets a bit tiring. It's not his, my jam. It's not my jam. I'm one of these people who actually preferred the American Office. Really? What? Wow. It's very okay. funny. That's punchy. After no, the American Office two. is freaking great. Yeah, the American I've... Office is one of the greatest shows of all time. Yeah, it's very funny. Like, I know, you know, unpopular opinion, but that's how I'm rolling. Yeah, but it, it's funny how you say I remember there was a great speech that uh, Gervais and Stephen Merchant did. And it was, I don't know what award ceremony it was. It was something, and it was, it was back in the day. And he, Gervais, even at the time, made the joke. He said... It turns out you don't really get paid that much for being a writer, but as the actor, you get paid shitloads. Yeah. And, he, and he was making a joke in front of Steve Merchant that Merchant didn't get paid that much, but Ricky Gervais was just loaded because he was playing mm. a character writer, all these you know different it is. things. It's because you, if you come up trying to make satire, one of your biggest concerns of a satirist is don't punch down. Yeah. Right? Choose your target. He always punches down. I don't like seeing mega stand-ups making jokes about trans people. I just think mm. it's lazy. Nigel Farage, you know, populism is called populism because it's popular. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you think we're hardwired to be savages? What, Jamie particularly? <laughs> I think Jamie massively is. I actually think you are. I think, I think I'm as well, yeah. I ever saw Jamie and Spence on TV, I thought, cavemen. <laughs> Do you think people are like so that? Funny. Do you think people are like that? I think, I think there's a, a, a really horrifically terrifying baseline nature of where we tell other people that something else, some, these are the reasons you got problems. Like right now it's refugees coming over in boats. Yeah. Right. Like the most desperate people. And also people who, you know, you ever been like, your house been bombed and had to mm. grab your kids, jump in a truck, leave all mm. your possessions and go and jump in a boat. I haven't. Mm. Cause we haven't been tested. He nearly had it at carnival. <laughs> Just <laughs> yes. place in Notting Hill. He had to leave to go to, to Saint Tropez. I, 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 I had to go and stay in a hotel. I had to go and stay in a hotel. He was literally put in Joël Le Pain for his own good. That's where we stayed for two years. He was in Joël Le Pain and then occasionally like scumming it, like technically in Cap Ferrat. Yeah, yeah. Joël Le Pain is right next to Cannes. Oh my God. Wait, hang on. I want to hear this. So you've got to always assume that or you hope, or we did hope, I think, for a long time, that the adults were in charge. Oh my mm. God, you're speaking my language right now. Do you know what I'm saying? Dude. You're just like, oh, nothing like that would ever happen mm. because the adults are in charge. Okay, this is my big, this is what happened to me. Maybe this didn't happen to you. Maybe it did. When I turned about 29, 30. Were you in Joel Lepant? I was in Joel Lepant. Okay. We I think about a couple of years before we were in Joel Lepant. Anyway, I turned about 29, 30. And I suddenly realized that... No one knows what they're doing. Mm. Everyone's mm -hmm. guessing. Mm -hmm. um, your parents were telling, not lies purposely, but telling things that they thought was true. It probably wasn't true. And that the sort of political system or the, your leaders yeah. also didn't really know what they're doing. They're just guessing. There's humans who had been to good schools well, or whatever it is. I don't know if Boris Johnson is a human. But you know um, what I mean? I'm not sure that but that, but that, that's quite right. But, but that's definitely but that some fear, sort of amorphous mess. <laughs> that, fear, that, that put fear in me. And I suddenly, didn't, I suddenly went, holy shit. Have you done therapy? 
Not really. I did. I did a couple of. I sessions. tried to get him into it with those blue eyes. I know. I know. Look I'm, at this. I'm, look at this. Look at this lady with killer. A therapist. I think I'm going to. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, she was fit. Did you actually try? To... <laughs> <laughs> but but Minnie, I've tried to get you into it before because yeah, I think at some stage I will succumb to it. But I think with, I think with, I, I, I sort of came from that very like oh don't do that. Oh yeah, no, no, so, so it, ta- it takes a while to try and. Can I tell you something interesting? Do you know the stiff upper lip? You know that term. Did you know that was invented? by an Oxford Don mm. after, no, sorry, during the First World War as a way to tell soldiers who were coming back, having seen the horrors of everything, their friends dismembered, everything mm. like that. They were like, we need to, these people are crumbling. Mm. So they created the stiff, upper, the lip. stiff upper lip. The terminology behind just it. Just to completely and utterly emotionally you. destroy it's, it is a, a very, It's a very of, British thing that we've created. Well, it it's is. I mean, the like, thing about, you could only really have it in Britain to think you could have it in, you no. could have had it in Rome or, or something. Yeah, but we were a gigantic empire. We were doing the most um, God-forsaken, horrendous things. We, we almost had to turn away from emotion and turn exactly. away from the horrors that and we were And then to justify to. it, we were like, oh, well, this is for the queen, yeah. for the country. And don't worry about these emotions. They're, they're, they're the other. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So when, you're, when your blueprint doesn't add up and you're suddenly living a life that you're like, Shit, this is not what I'm meant to be doing. Well, it's weird. That's yeah. when sort of... I've the, got a double, a double hit of that thinking about what you're yeah. saying because, um, you know, I mean, just... This isn't like trying to be a humble break, but like the first time we ever actually, you probably don't even remember this because you were so, I mean, such a good time, was at the BAFTAs <laughs> when your show, when Main Just won the Audience Award, mm-hmm. Revolution won Best Comedy. Did it? And I was, remember standing up on stage and looking out at all these people and realizing, because it was really fun, because when you come off stage at the BAFTAs, if you just won, you go to the back and there's like loads of journalists mm. and they hold up a board. And you stand in front of them, they take a photo. And I remember it so vividly as journalists went, oh, what have you won? Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> and I just remember just thinking like, oh yeah, it's, it's bullshit, isn't it? Bullshit. It's all just bullshit. Mm. Like, it's, don't get me wrong, one of the proudest moments of my life, but also an ephemeral moment I'd sort of been building to thinking this would have some meaning, yeah. which actually it really doesn't. 
But when I started, the reason that I started going to therapy yeah. was because I was in this this life. I, I didn't, it was very inauthentic. It wasn't good. And it was find um, clarity in yeah. this relationship with this girl and refine direction in my career. Mm. And what I realized, and this is going to come back to all the stuff we're talking about and also why it's so, for me, so interesting exploring like my teenage years is because I realized that even though I'd said to people all my life, like my own show, I, I think I can do it. I really didn't, I really didn't fucking believe it. Really? I really, really, I totally was self-sabotaging. I, I believed that, you know, really like I was probably quite shit and it wouldn't be me and it would, and it really takes, because uh, it was one of my best friends I was living with, a guy called Jamie, and I'd done a couple of stunts online and he was like, you're really good at this. You can mm. do this. And, you know, Hayden, who I, I made my stuff with, I'd known for a long time, but we've been trying to do it as docs. And then I got introduced to Hattrick, meeting with them. And I was, I was going, oh yeah, well, anything I can write on, you know? And then at the Financial Times, had a couple, I don't remember how many therapy sessions I'd had, but it wasn't many, yeah. no four. And I called him up and I was like, right, I'm going to send you a treatment. And I remember because I'd got all my sort of tele sales shit out of the way. And I was just writing on the computer, like, got a one page down. And then literally half an hour later, he called me back and he was like, this is really interesting. Mm. It, what what caused that moment of realization? Because I've had similar things, yeah. And I look back retrospectively, and I didn't realize I was doing it, but yeah. I had like that voice every morning that was like, "You're shit. You're not really good. You're, so not, the you're not worthy of that." I mean, you do it in drama school as well. We had this incredible drama school teacher called John Biscuitzer. John, where, where, where was the drama school? Well, there was a drama. It was called Drama Center. It's just closed down, but like you know, Tom Hardy went there, Paul Bettany went there, Amory Duff. Like really, I was a mate, like amazing people. But John, who I believe is now the head of drama at RADA. Wow. And he was like, his wife, uh, very sadly, had just died of cancer. Mm. His kids were there. And he sort of demanded this honesty from you. Mm. You know, absolutely fucking demanded it. And he said, first day, he was like, listen, there's you and there's the little fucker. It's like the ego in the id, right? Your second voice. Mm. You always have that voice going, you're going to be really shit at that. You piece of shit. <laughs> always. And the thing is, we don't get taught about this. Yeah. No one goes in school. Oh, by the way. Your own brain hates you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the most it's selfish organ in the body that... and it wants to be in and control. And you have these 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 thoughts a day and you always pick up poof, that Dude. negative. Poof, what what poof. I love is like, where does that voice actually form from? And I think right. it's like, really it must be from, a, like, it's early kind it's of conditioning right? from, from school. Because I wonder if it is. I don't know. I think it's also a defense mechanism because it's it, usually yeah, a no. that's a big, big part of it's it. It's like a stop, right? Yeah. But it's like, so have you ever heard that phrase? Like the mind is the most selfish organ in the body. All it ever wants to do his is being controlled. <laughs> it was such a profound moment. So. It was such a profound yeah. moment. And you jumped the in. the most selfish organ in the body. Appendum. Mm. Unless you're James. Unless That's James we, Wiener. Wait, wait. What is, what, in that case, wait, what's, forget everything. Because the balls are... Do you think Jay has heavy balls as well? I think they probably drag his penile <laughs> yeah, yeah. down somewhat. It looks like a chariot. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It looks a like a fleshy, chariot. A fleshy chariot. Wait, hang on. What is this saying? I want to hear this. So it's, 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 it's true. It's, 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 I, I got, you know, I mean, obviously at some point in my career, I got into yoga in Goa. Uh, <laughs> of course, as well, um, because I'm a middle class white man. <laughs> I'm in the podcast. I'm yeah, in that stage at the minute. So. Exactly. Wait, hang on. So, wait, well, I want to hear the. So, what are the the the, the saying about so the we're mind? Jumping episodes. No, again, but aren't we? but the saying um, of the mind was what? So the, the the idea that the mind is the most selfish organ in the body and always wants to be in control mm. is to help you start to recognize intrusive thoughts for what they are, because thought patterns 
negative thought patterns, tough, but you can change those. Mm. You can work on that. And a lot of people, like what you're talking about, Al, what I find so interesting is, and I'm not saying, but I don't know you well enough to know about this, but most of my best friends who need therapy the most have never done it. And it's about, if you, it's like tools in the toolkit, right? Like part of therapy is helping someone help you understand where these things are happening as a matter of course in your life, but you don't have the words to be like, ah, oh, that's the little fucker. That's the intrusive thought. Don't listen to that. Mm. That's just bollocks mm. because the thoughts aren't real. They're just trying to stop you. Basically, you, you're, you're in action, right? You're in your body. Your heart's driving you. Your gut's driving you. Just moving around. And then your thoughts like, don't fucking do that. Mm. <laughs> it's exactly and right. See, this is what I find so interesting about like interpersonal reality that we're talking about, the expanse of our minds, you know, us talking about these, you know, three guys here talking about our feelings. That's good, mm -hmm. right? And then you talked about, you know, we talked, we started this talking about the adults are in charge and mm -hmm. the larger system and the political reality. And I think these things are very, very interrelated because I think that actually, particularly as guys our kind of age, we were not raised by a culture. It's not just toxic masculinity. It's much more profound and intricate than that. Because it was like, it wasn't just about being strong, cool, successful. It was that everything was kind of fine. Mm. Yeah, completely. Everything was fine. Like 80s, 90s, like everything's fine. Mm. And this is, I mean, when I started doing my politics degree at Sussex, the first text we read, this was in like 2000, was Francis Fukuyama's The End of History. We were that confident. We're like, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's done. Nothing, There's no more. Pretty much, guys. I mean, what you're going to study is the past, but we've smashed it. <laughs> <laughs> what? You look back at it now and you're like, these guys were tripping balls. Yeah. That's insane. But, but I, and interesting what you then said about that moment that I don't remember when you guys won the BAFTA mm. and Made in Chelsea won the BAFTA for uh, the audience. Yeah, um, you won the audience award. Didn't audience you? award. It was this, and I, I don't think. 10 it, years ago. Oh, the year I joined, actually. The year the you joined. I joined so. But there was this moment. Well, right? just, just <laughs> yeah. saying. Uh, walked in. But, yeah, I walked in. But there was this, there was this moment which I, I, I remember so well is that we were at the BAFTAs. And I thought I was fucking God's gift at this point. I was dealing with all no, the things. Jamie. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, that I, is not all we thought about you and Spencer. <laughs> at that point, yeah, yeah, at yeah. All. But there's this thing. There was this, way, and I was dealing with all this anxiety, all these things. But I was handling at the point. But I thought, you know, we're cool. All this kind of stuff. We won the BAFTA, and I remember getting on stage and seeing in front of me Olivia Coleman yeah. and Benedict Cumberbatch and all yes. these people. And I remember suddenly realizing, in like within seconds, how uncool we were and how like these people looking at us were just sort of looking at us in sort of a <laughs> like a, a, a bewilderment <laughs> that these blokes who hadn't trained or hadn't gone to drama school hadn't spent their whole lives hustling were just on stage at the BAFTAs having won an award for being themselves and I suddenly went oh, oh fuck do you remember Not Palin won the audience do you remember Palin won the like Michael Palin won the like you know they have that thing I every remember. year like the Oh, the, the, the person. The, the person mm. was like, yeah, that. And I remember I was just behind Spencer when he went up and he tapped me on the shoulder and he went, well done. And I went, oh, don't do that. Yeah, see that? <laughs> oh, it was just and blind then, confidence. And, yeah, of course. But then do you remember we all had to do a photo on stage? Yeah. And I hung them Oh, up. fuck, it was so awful. No, it was really weird. It was, it was it, really embarrassed. I was so, really... I know being embarrassed though. I was but embarrassed. It's a fucking mm. weird thing as well, because especially for us, because we weren't stand-ups, right? Yeah. So we had one show, Revolutionary Televised. First series, best comedy. It wasn't like best entertainment show. Best comedy. Beat Partridge. Wow. These people fucked our heads up. 
mm. I mean, it was great. This is the second year we got nominated. But it was like, if you're not, like, in the comedy circuit, and I'm, I'm not saying this about all stand-ups, because there are some stand-ups that, you know, don't care at all. But have you, I mean, you've interviewed a lot of stand-ups. Yeah. Stand-ups are so competitive. Is it? Mm. So competitive. Well, there's only, this kind of, they are really supportive of each other, but actually, underneath really it, they're competitive. And then, for then, people who are not involved in that scene at all mm. to suddenly win this award. Like, at first, it was like, who the fuck are these kids? So you had that as well. You had that thing as well. Yeah, I mean, we're talking, what we're really talking about is imposter syndrome. Yeah, right? I was going to say. And it comes back to this thing. But I think that genuinely, like, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, even though you're saying all this shit, I bet you, when we were like teenagers and shit, I bet everyone talked to you about their problems. Yeah. Because you're very, you're so approachable. Yeah, you but I was so open easy. about, I think it's because I was open emotionally. I've always been pretty open emotionally. Yeah, emotionally intelligent. That. But like in drama school, they always used to talk with this guy, John Skits, where I was telling you before, just pennies dropping, right? So if the penny drops here, you're like, oh, you are not your mind, right? It, whatever. Yeah. You're, you know, what are intrusive thoughts? Mm. I think it's just, the t it's just, it's that knowledge. Just the knowledge, knowledge. drop moments are amazing. Knowledge and just learning, oh. learning bits from everywhere, and then suddenly things click. Another podcast then... title for the uh, Jamie Lang Empire. When the penny drops. Hi, welcome to when Penny's the... Drop. Penny, when the penny drops. When the penny drops with Jamie Lang. When the penny yeah. drops. I'm next, here maybe a... with my oh. fiance, maybe without it's not oh, sure. Oh, next, we've got a 13 year old boy who's got a <laughs> lovely set of legs on him. <laughs> Hey, listen, team, we're going to stop there for part one. We're going to come back to part two. When God, I, wanna... I didn't even talk about the podcast. We know we got that Check part out two. the new conspiracists. No, we're going to take that part two. By this, the way. We've got part two coming up. These are two, they're two episode podcasts. Two episodes. Wow. Back to back. Whoa. And we're going to talk about... Um, Can't pay for that kind we're of We're going to talk about when you went to uh, Parliament, or was it Downing Street? Well, it and, depends on which time. And, you, time and, you, <laughs> and you, you dressed up as a removal man, and you tried to get Boris Johnson... Out. Out. Gonna come back and talk about that. Part two. See you in part two, everyone. Bye bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.